He's always on a steady course Talk to Mr. Ed People yakety-yak a streak And waste your time of day But Mr. Ed will never speak Unless he has something to say A horse is a horse, of course, of course And this one will talk till his voice is hoarse You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this Well, the show is Talking Animals, so I uh, thought we would play uh, the, sh- the song about the show about the talking horse, Mr. Ed, which some people may remember from the early 1960s or from the uh, eternal playback machines on television these days. Well, good morning. My name is Randy. I'm sitting in for Duncan today on Talking Animals, and uh, we're d- going to do a show about horses, and my guest is... Ello Tucker, who's a noted WMNF listener, a music fan, and a horse-loving person, and she has joined me this morning to talk about horses. Good morning, Ello. Good morning, Randy. So uh, we're going to jump into our discussion. We're going to be talking about horses' history, their personality, uh, how to get involved with horses, and all sorts of uh, everything about horses, and we will be opening the phone lines. So... Stick around. We're going to play some music during the show as well. We'll start our conversation in just a minute. She got a brown sun tan starting just above her collar. Her lower arms were brown, but the rest is kind of pale. She'd buy beta dine. If she only had a dollar And she'd live out in the pasture If she only had a tail And no, I don't see her much Since she started with horses No, I don't see her much Since she started to ride Well, her jeans, they get Like a wet saddle blanket And her boots are like you'd figure And her car is full of hay Horses, humans If she had to rank it, you'd bet on they the canter And them that need fly spray And you see, I don't see her much since she started with horses No, I don't see her much since she started to ride Go, boys, tell them all about it Panto 
much since she started to train. Cannonbone, knee bone, forearm and arm. But I don't see her much once she heads for the body. So satisfied when she's riding and training. She must just love that smell of the barn, I would say. She's so satisfied when she's grooming and draining. And she's tired in the evening. And she's gone in the day. And no, I don't see her much since she started with horses. No, and I don't see her much since she started to ride. And that is Jonathan Richmond with Since She Started to Ride. We might have some more horse songs later in the show, so don't go away. If you're looking for music, we'll have music on the show, and we're also going to be talking about horses. The horse has evolved over the past 50 million years and has been domesticated since around 3,000 B.C. Horses are adapted to run fast to escape predators. Horses sleep both standing up and lying down. Horses have been used for sports competitions, recreation, work, and war. Before the invention of the automobile, horses were a main means of personal transportation. My guest today is L.O. Tucker. She knows a lot about horses. She has a horse of her own, and she's going to talk to us about horses today. Good morning, L.O. Good morning. So, did my little introduction have any uh, incorrect information? No, no okay. it's perfect. Good. Well, we want to talk about your relationship with horses first, Ello. So tell us when you first became involved with horses and kind of outline your, your path till today. Sure. Well, um, I come from a family that uh, was riding horses long before I was born. My grandparents on my mother's side used to um, do a lot of fox hunting. And I grew up in Washington, D.C. and used to go out to my grandfather's farm in Leesburg, Virginia. And he had an old horse out there called Boo who had a little pony that was his companion named Star. And my mom and I, I was so interested in horses, my mom and I went out and bought a bridle and we tried to put it on this little pony and the pony bucked me off and broke the bridle and I never rode that pony again, but I was hooked. And after that, I started taking lessons as a youngster, and uh, I was lucky enough to have a friend out in McLean, Virginia, who had a little farm, and I used to go out and visit her and ride her pony all the time, and then my parents bought me a pony named Cracker Jack. And I had that pony for a few years until we moved to Florida, and my parents had to sell that pony. And then I was uh, not involved with horses while I was in elementary school and middle school and high school. And then once I got out of high school, I started leasing horses around the Tampa Bay area, Pinellas Park, um, even uh, like Safety Harbor area. And I would lease horses from different people because it's a lot more affordable than owning your own horse. So, so basically you had... You had- been exposed to horses as a as a child and carried that love through your through yes. your teen years basically yes. and then you started up again exactly when you got into college yep and so leasing a horse was a nice way to go because they took care of all the vet bills and the farrier and you just paid them a monthly fee and you can go out and ride so I would suggest you know if somebody wants to you know maybe 
see what it's like to have a horse to start off with maybe leasing a horse. Yeah, I think towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about the different options of people getting involved with horses. If maybe you've been thinking about it, maybe like Ello, you did it as a child, but haven't done it since. Yeah. And you want to think, you want to do it, you want to get back with horses. We'll talk about that later in the show. Okay. So proceed from your, uh, from your early day, early adult days, leasing horses to where you are now. Yeah. So then I was leasing a horse, um, up in Sefner area, and the girl I was leasing the horse from convinced me that I needed to have my own horse. She said, you know, you're such a lover of horses, and so I decided to look into it adopting a horse. So my first horse that I owned was a horse that I adopted directly off the Tampa Bay Downs track. His name was Halo. He was a thoroughbred that was raced and had an injury to his tendon and was unable to race anymore. And with many racehorses that get injured uh, on the track, they are normally sent to slaughter or put down um, unless they can be adopted out. So I went and met this horse at the track and fell in love with him and brought him um, to the the barn that I was leasing from, sorry. And um, And how do you find out about something like that? Do they they put up posts that they have horses that are available? Well, there is is an organization here in Tampa, which is called TROT. It's the um, Thoroughbred Rescue of Tampa Incorporated. And you can adopt a horse for $250 up to about $2,000. And they're a wonderful organization, and there's a lot of other organizations throughout the state that you can adopt thoroughbreds off the track. Okay. So um, I had Halo for uh, many, many years until just actually this past summer. um, I adopted him to a friend of a friend, and he's now up in Massachusetts because he uh, got a condition which is called anhydrosis, which a lot of thoroughbreds get where he couldn't sweat. So in the meantime, um, I was lucky enough to move out of South Tampa and get my own property uh, in the Nonasasa area. I have a little three-acre farm, and uh, I've got a wonderful boyfriend who puts up with my horse habit, and we got him a horse. So did you you move to uh, three acres because you wanted to have a horse? Yes. So that was your that was your entire reason. You didn't want to be yes. in the country or grow food or anything like no, that. No, though I do grow food too. But no, just wanted to be out of South Tampa, be closer, be surrounded by my horses. So I actually now have three horses. My boyfriend has one, and, and I have two. And you said it only took you twenty three minutes to get to WMNF. That's correct. So I'm right, right. So you're outside. not way you're not way out in the sticks. No. And there's a lot of places that you can board that are very close by Tampa, even down uh, by the Yacht Club in Tampa. There's stables down there. So, And so you have one horse now? I have two horses of my own, and I have, a, I have another thoroughbred off the track, and I have a warm blood. And then my boyfriend has a quarter horse paint. We're going to talk about horse breeds and all that kind of stuff. And... Uh, ways that you can get involved with horses. It's all going to be coming up on our show today. I want to give out our phone number in case you want to call in and and, uh, talk to Ello about horses or ask some questions. Here's our number in Tampa. It's 813-239-9663. That's 813-239-9663. And you can join our conversation. I promise to play a lot of music. There's so many good songs about horses. Here's one by Willie Nelson.
backed and saddled You took the wound in your side You pulled the sleds And you pulled the wagons You gave them somewhere to hide Now they don't need you And there's no one to feed you And there's fences where you used to roam Now I wish I could gather up all of your brothers And you would just ride me back home better place Blue skies and sunshine and plenty of space Somewhere where they would just leave you alone Somewhere that you could call home And you would just ride me back home got a small place up in the foothills where green grass is precious as gold I paid a fortune for what little I got here but you know that I'd sell my soul to have all the mountains the rivers and valleys Places where you need to roam And I would just gather up all of your brothers And you would just ride me back home Ride me back home to a much better place Blue skies and sunshine and plenty of space They would just leave you alone Somewhere that you could call home And you would just ride me back home Ride me back home to a much better place Blue skies and sunshine and plenty of space Somewhere where they would just leave you alone Hello, clearly there's some kind of a special relationship that uh, human humans have with horses. Can you talk talk about that and what is what is special about the relationship between horses and humans as you've experienced it? Well, for me, it is uh, a bond. Um, horses are flight animals, and if you can get a horse to trust you, it is a, just an amazing feeling. They are very emotional. They express themselves through their eyes, through their body language, through their ears. Um, I've been riding my whole life, many, many years, but I've really learned a lot in the last few years about trying to work with the horse on their terms and be work with them as another horse would work with them, like um, sort of natural horsemanship, 
which is doing a lot of groundwork and taking things a little slower and not being strong-handed with horses because they don't react well to that, which was for many years people used to use the term break a horse, and that's really gone out now. People don't break horses. They really train horses, and the horses can respond. They can learn quickly, and they can remember. So are horses intelligent? Very intelligent. Very intelligent. In what ways do you do you think do you feel that they're they're intelligent? Well, um, they can sense when somebody is scared or nervous. It will make them nervous, and they won't trust the person. They um, know how to pick the right situation. Like you, if you go out on a trail ride and you can't find your way back, if you just let your horse have their head, the horse will bring you back to the trailer. They have a great sense of direction. Um, They um, are just very gentle, kind, big giants that are amazing to be around. And what's what's amazing to me is that these are are big creatures. Yeah. And somehow over the 5,000 years or whatever it's been, 10,000 years. Yeah. That they become gentle creatures that right. that exist with humans on a on a positive uh, close relationship with a positive close relationship. Yeah, society today wouldn't be what it is without horses throughout the history. You know. And um, what about the what about their emotions? Do you, how do you sense that they are emotional? Well, like I was saying, they they really show emotion in their eyes and in their the way they hold their ears. They have very big eyes, don't they? Large eyes, which are independent eyes, so they are they can see on the sides of them, almost in back of them. Um, they are very sensitive to they they scare easy. You know, a lot of horses there because they are flight animals. They're worried about being attacked by a mountain lion, but once they trust you, you know they. They really, you don't have to worry about that as much, you know. If, you, if you're kind and gentle to your horse, your horse responds well. And do you have experience being thrown off your horse? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've broken several bones and fingers throughout the years, and normally I get right back on, even though I've gotten back on with broken angle. And, and what are the uh, occasions? Why, why, why would that happen where, it would, where you would lose control well, of your horse? Well, one time was when I was my, my pony Cracker Jack, when I was pretty young, was chased by a dog, and I was bucked off and broke my leg in a couple places. Another time was going over a jump, and it was my fault. It's normally the human's fault, not the horse's fault. Um, so you, you said that it used to be that you would break a horse. Now you train a horse. Well, what, at what age can a horse be trained, and uh, how, do, how do you go about that? Well, really, you want to wait. And, I mean, you can start working with the horse on the ground when they're babies, you know, when they're foals. But They can walk immediately, right? Immediately, they have to get up and walk because out in the wild, they have to move. Um, But really, to get on a horse's back, really, they're not fully developed until they're five or six years old, their bone structure. Um, Ideally, you would want to wait until they're three, four, five, before you start riding them. Um, unfortunately, this really is, that old. Yeah. Well, but but racehorses, race right. they start at like two, right? Two, yes, yeah. and that and that's a big problem because they're not fully developed and they lose, you know, they lose a lot of horses on the track because of. 
being, you know, breaking legs because they're not fully developed. And so how do you go about training so that it's with the horse rather than against the horse? Well, on the ground, working with them, um, you have to sort of act like another horse to them. Um, You have a, a halter on them with a lead line, and you can use, by looking at certain areas of their body, you can use pressure just by looking at them. And they learn to work off of pressure and then you back off. As soon as they do what you want them to do, they, you back off and that rewards them. And a lot of times what will happen with the horse is they will start licking their lips because they're processing what you're telling them. It's not a voice thing. It's more of a body thing. Now, with some, with some pets, uh, food treats are used to uh, help modify behavior. Is, is, is that not, something with not horses? Not, not with horses. horses? Really not encouraged at all. You don't really want them, you know, we all give them treats, but it's probably best not to do it. I have, I work with a trainer. But but in some ways it's, they're on a higher level than if they're not, if they're not food driven. Right. Like like some other creatures. No, they want to please you and they like the reward of just backing off once they do what they do for you and you back off. They love that. I want to remind uh, everybody that we are taking phone lo- phone calls if you want to call in and talk about horses or if you've got some questions about uh, wanting to uh, own a horse or uh, t- some questions about horses in general, you can call us. My guest is Ello Tucker. She's a local woman who loves WMNF and music and horses. And here's the number to call. It's 813-239-9663. My name is Randy. I'm filling in for Duncan today. On talking animals, I'll be doing uh, talking animals next week as well. As Duncan's taking a uh, Christmas Eve or a Christmas New Year's vacation, so he's out of town. So uh, yeah, it's eleven twenty-eight in the morning, and our number is eight one three two three nine nine six six three. So Ello, I'm I'm a I'm a more of a dog person, and I know every dog breed has a different personality and instincts, and sometimes combining breeds works out well with dogs. What's the story with horse breeds? I know there are lots and lots of horse breeds. Are they all different? Oh, yeah. And ha- ha- tell us a, bit, a little bit about horse breeds and the different kinds of horses that are out there and how you can maybe predict a horse's personality by, by the breed. Is that yes. possible? Yes, it is true. Um, there are thousands of breeds of horses, well, ponies and horses, but um, there's a couple main categories. There's hot-blooded horses, which would be like your race horses, your thoroughbreds, your Arabians. They're a little more high-strung. They're fast. They're a little more flighty. And then there are cold-blooded horses, which are draft horses, the working horses, the Percherons, the Clydesdales, like Budweiser uses, um, the big horses. They're a little... Their temperament is more mellow. Are they actually... Is their blood actually not as hot, or is that just an expression? That's an expression. Because all horses are warm-blooded creatures. Yes, correct. And then nowadays, what is really popular in the show world, in the jumping world, is warm bloods, which is a cross between the hot-blooded horses and the cold-blooded horses. And that would be, they call them warm bloods, like Hanoverians. There's a lot of different breeds of them. Um, Belgians, there's just... All over the world, they have different breeds. You know, they've crossed them and come up with lots of different breeds. And they're all wonderful. They all have great personalities. It's just what you're looking for and what you're planning to use them for. And what is your horse's name? Peaches? Peaches is my, she's a warm blood. Uh And um, she came from Georgia. 
Picked her up there a year and a half ago. Um, she's a nine-year-old warm blood paint. She's 17 hands. She's pretty large. Um, and um, basically, I work with a trainer a couple times a week. And because even though I've been riding all my life, I can always learn things. I've learned a lot. And how old is Peaches? Peaches is nine. And, um, and then of course, I, just live to like 25, is uh, that about right? Into their 30s normally, late oh, really? 20s, early 30s. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So here we are at WMNF Talking Animals. Thanks for tuning in. We're playing some music about horses and talking about horses today. Hope you're enjoying our conversation. Our phone number is 813-239-9663.
And that's Guy Clark. She loves to ride horses. Well, I'm here with somebody who loves to ride horses. Ello Tucker is my guest today on Talking Animals. Ello, tell us about some of the uh, experiences you've had with your horse or or other horses where you've uh, traveled or camped or gone to unusual fun places. Tell us about some of your uh, horse stories. Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, I have traveled to France, to the Loire Valley, um, with my mother and my niece and some friends and rode around the Loire Valley of France, staying at chateaus and having picnics along the way. Through. So you, you like rent a ho- go over there and they, they have, you can rent horses for yeah. a week or something like yeah, that? They have, they have websites where you can go to and you can take horse trips for any level of rider to novice to very experienced and they're and they guided. They set up places where you can stay. Yes. Stay the night with yeah. a horse. And, yeah. Exactly. They have everything set up for you. They take your baggage from place to place. I've also done the Ring of Kerry uh, in Ireland. Um, I've also gone to the Exmoors in England. Um, and then I've done uh, many trips throughout the U.S., uh, riding trips where you can go out to dude ranches, of course. Um, I've done a horse drive. And uh, and then my boyfriend and I have gone up to North Carolina with our horses and rented a place in an equestrian um, community, and they have trails throughout. Um, also locally, there's many places to go um, camping, horse camping, and where you can rent cabins in Ocala National Forest or, you know, if you don't have a living quarters horse trailer, um, a lot of these places have places you can rent, or they also have um, bathrooms set up for you. Colt Creek has equestrian place that you can go. The Seminole National Forest, there's places up there. There's many things that you can do. Um, we do a lot of trail riding throughout Florida, too. Um, up in Croom, Lower Green Swamp, um, Alifaya, um, Old Fort King, there's just so, uh, uh, the list is endless of places that you can go trail riding. Well, Florida is, is kind of a place where we, um, a lot of the horses, um, there are lots of horses in Florida. There are a lot of horses in Florida, in Ocala. Yeah, in that area. Yeah. When you drive especially. up on um, one of those 301 or 75, yes. you see lots of Lots and lots of horses. Lots of race horses. I believe we have a call. We're going to see if we can put this call on the air. It looks like Gwen is calling us from Tampa, and we're going to see what she has to say. Hope we're doing this right. Gwen, are you there? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I I watch a lot of Westerns, and I noticed that... uh, Everybody's riding horses, right? (laughs) It seems that way. Uh, They always mount the horse from the left. Is, is that correct, Ms. That, Tucker? That is correct. Oh, okay. Why is that? You know, um, I'm, I'm not an expert, but it has always been that way that uh, people mount from the left. But actually, in the last year or so, I've learned that it's really important to work on the right side of the horse, too. Um, oh. so do, which side do you dismount on? On the left as well. Yeah. I see. Uh, sometimes... Uh, I hear the horses, they make this, uh, like they clearing their throat or something. <laughs> yeah. 
They oh, definitely have different noises that they make when you feed them. They can, yeah. they do a low rumble. Uh-huh. A little uh, when I call them in from the pasture, I get a little nicker. When they're calling to each other, it's a little louder. They have all different sorts of whinnies that they make, and it's a it's a form of communication. They're talking oh, to you. That is so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Gwen. And uh, I think we're going to take another call. Just a sec. Uh, this one's from uh, Brenda, who's calling in today. Good morning, Brenda. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question. I was wondering if Ello could for a moment talk about the opportunities uh, for horse therapy for um, the disabled and veterans. Horse therapy. Is that mental therapy or physical? (laughs) Physical and mental. It's both. Yes. It's the act of being around a horse and, you know, kind of feeling their vibe and it being, you know, a really good mutual thing. And I was wondering if Ello had any um, places in the Tampa Bay area that she knew of yeah, um, actually, there are several. One off the top of my head is Quantum Leap, which is in Odessa, Florida. And um, they're always looking for volunteers to come out also and work there. And they're looking for donations. But they work with all types of people that um, have mental or physical handicaps that you know want to come out and work with a gentle horse that just can calm them and um they do amazing work out there and but i know there's other ones too and unfortunately i don't know them off the top of my head well i appreciate that thank you so much thanks for calling in brenda thanks brenda Take care. bye-bye bye and again our number if you'd like to call in and uh, chat or ask questions about horses is 813-239-9663 we we uh, mentioned just a little bit about racehorses and the problems of, uh, of horses uh, being slaughtered when they can no longer race. Can you talk a little bit more about that, uh, Lo, and what can be done about that, or what is being done, or what are what are how can somebody's concerns about that be addressed? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, there's about seventy five thousand horses a year slaughtered um, for. Human consumption. They're, the meat is normally shipped to uh, Canada or Mexico um, because we don't really serve horse meat here in the states. In Canada, they eat horse meat. Yes, they do. Yep. <laughs> such a and civilized, in France, such a civilized it's a delicacy. Country. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, really, I think the best thing to do is um, to try and convince them not to be racing these horses at such a young age. Um, if they could, you know, race horses when they're fully developed, bone structure, then we wouldn't so have... So say as, age four or something like that? Yeah, five, four, five, um, six, even better, fully developed. Um, but yeah, there's so many track accidents where horses um, break their legs and have to be put down right on the track. Um, is there a low? Is there a lower age, age limit now, or can you as, as young as they can get them out there? As well, normally two, two years old is when they start racing them, and it, it's just such a huge money business that they want to. You know, they, there's they breed and breed and breed to get that one horse that can you know take the triple crown, go to the Kentucky Derby, go to the Preakness, go to the Belmont, and win big bucks. They're always looking for that you know one horse. And so they go through thousands of horses to try and find that one horse that can maybe be the moneymaker. And those horses that are so highly bred to be racehorses, do they tend to have more problems? I know, I know with dogs that are sometimes 
thoroughbred dogs, they tend to either be crazy or have physical um, health problems. Yes, yeah. A lot of times they're they're not like the horse that I adopted off the track. He was he should have never raced. He he was his confirmation was not correct. He had very small hooves. He he was set up for failure because of his confirmation. He should have never been put on the track, um, and that's why he blew out a tendon. And um, that happens all the time. But they, they, once they've bred them, they're going to go ahead and try and race them if possible to see if they have any pos- prospect in them. You know. Well, we want to talk, before the end of the show, we want to talk about ways that people who want to get involved with horses, the different options that they have. What well, We're going to hear uh, a song by uh, Johnny Cash about a special, uh, a special horse that he, uh, he has a song about. Back about 18 and 25, I left Tennessee very much alive. I never would have made it through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been riding on a Tennessee stud. Had some trouble with my sweetheart's paw, one of her brothers was a bad outlaw. I wrote a letter to my Uncle Fudd And I rode away on a Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Drifted on down into no man's land Across the river called the Rio Grande Raced my horse with the Spaniard's foal Till I got me a skin full of silver and gold Me and the gambler we couldn't agree We got in a fight over Tennessee I pulled our guns and he fell with a thud And I rode away on the Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud I rode right back across Arkansas I whipped her brother and I whipped her ball I found that girl with the golden hair She was riding on a Tennessee mare Pretty little baby on the cabin floor A little horse cold playing round the door I love the girl with the golden hair And the Tennessee stud loves a Tennessee mare The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Johnny Cash singing about the Tennessee stud we have uh, uh, some uh, emails, LOI. We can maybe answer some of these questions. Pete writes in and says, do horses sense people's fear like most animals? If you're uncomfortable around a horse or if you're just an all-around bad person, can the horse sense that? Yeah, actually, I, I believe that they can. 
uh, and they will take advantage of that. If you are scared of a horse and you get on a horse, um, they may try to head back to the barn rather than do what you want to do. Like if you want to go out and ride in a pasture, if they say, okay, this person doesn't know what they're doing and I can feel that, they may just take advantage of that. Uh, this kind of previews the the question I was going to ask, but we'll just... Oh, yeah. Um, there is so many volunteer opportunities out there. Um, one place that I you know, really like that I try and work with as much as possible, I donate to and support them when I can, is called RVR Rescue. It's in Plant City. They um, rescue horses that have been neglected, abused in bad situations, and they're always looking for volunteers to come out and work with those horses. And then they're trying to rehab those horses and put them out for adoption. Um, and then, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Quantum Leap, which um, does ther- has their therapy horses, they also are constantly looking for people to come out and you know help them groom the horses and walk the horses around and muck the stalls and do that kind of fun stuff. And we'll talk about lots of other opportunities in just a sec, but I want to get the, the, some of these questions, a lot of questions on email. Uh, question for Ello, uh, can horses swim, and where can you ride horses on the beach in Florida? Oh, yeah. Horses, they love to swim. It's a little, the first time you take them swimming and they lose, they start being buoyant, they get a little nervous because they're not used to that. But there is a, um, down in Bradenton, there is uh, along the causeway in Palmetto, Bra- in Bradenton, I think it's the Bradenton Causeway, you can go out and swim. Um, there are horses that are gypsy vanner horses, which is are sort of a draft horse, smaller draft horse, that you can go out and go swim on those horses, and it's a lot of fun. I've done it, and, uh, and I've actually taken more horses down there, too. And then years ago— Do you wear a saddle? Yeah, they have saddles, the Western saddles, synthetic saddles, so you uh-huh. can wear them in the water. Sounds fa- lots like lots of fun. Hey, um, Mark in Northport says, uh, I'm shy or else I'd call. I don't know anyway. Some of the best horse handlers are the, are the Comanche. They've been working with horses for an extremely long, cent- long time of years. You know anything about that? I don't really know about that, but there are a lot of like horse whisperers out there. Like um, I don't know. If, if anybody ever saw that movie that Robert Redford was in called The Horse Whisperer, he worked with a true horse whisperer named Buck, Buck Branneman. Um, and there are a lot of horse whisperers out there. I actually have worked with a woman who I think is amazing. Her name is Nancy Slater, and she's up in the Lake Wales area. And she's helped me quite a bit with my horses and learning how to do natural horsemanship on the ground with them and speak their language rather than asking them to speak my language. Yeah, Mark says there's uh, some good stuff on public television to check out. Uh, there's a there's a DVD called Equus and another one called The Story of the American Horse, mm-hmm. and they tell you a, a lot of a lot of stuff about horses if you're if you're interested. Yeah. Um, so, Ello, talk to us a, a bit a bit about uh, if somebody, you know, I, I think a lot of people maybe rode horses when they were kids, uh, or maybe when they were young and. At birthday parties and, or at the fair. On or, little, or took lessons, yeah. you know, maybe for, for a year or two. And they haven't really been riding horses for a long time, but maybe they, maybe they want to get involved with horses again. What are some of the different levels and opportunities that somebody could get involved with horses? Um, well, you've talked a little bit about volunteering. Yeah. Uh, so, but from, from there on up, what, 
to actually owning a horse. So well, tell us about the different opportunities. Well, there are places that you can, um, different local barns that you can take lessons on lesson horses, which is a good way to start. Go out and do an hour lesson with a trainer. I, I highly recommend that. Um, I It's been a while since I've taken a lesson at a barn, so I don't really know of places to recommend so much. Um, but there are places where you can just go out on a trail ride. Um, I do know that there's the um, Lazy H Ranch that's up in Kissimmee. Um, they do trail rides. And then there's also the Westgate River Ranch, which is near, also near Orlando, where you can go and, you know, just go for a trail ride. But um, if you want to really get back involved with horses, I would recommend going to a place and taking some lessons with a trainer and then go from there, maybe look into leasing a horse. You know, people what, like me, I've leased my horses. How, do, how does that work? Is it kind of like a time time. It's a month time to sharing month. thing? Yep, yep, exactly. It's month to month. You pay month to month, but you don't have to worry about the vet bills or the farrier who comes out and works with the horse's feet. You don't have to worry about any of that. You just basically come out and you... You know, groom the horse. And can you tie ride? Him up. Can you go out every week, or just once a yeah. month, or how does that Normally, work? Normally, when I've leased horses, um, you can do a partial lease or a full lease. A for, full lease, you have seven days a week access to the horse. A partial lease is normally three days a week, and I think a, a partial lease is a good way to start with our busy lives. You know, you can go out a couple days on the weekend, maybe a day during the week. Okay, let's let's continue this. But I, I know this might be a question some other folks have because Louise writes in and says. I love horses, but I'm afraid of falling from up high at my age. Can a full-grown woman ride a pony, or are there short horses that can be ridden by someone around 140 pounds? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ponies are very sturdy little... Are ponies are horses? No, ponies are... They're actually different A different breed? A, a, yeah. different, a different animal? Yeah, a different animal than a horse. Um, but... Um, yeah, ponies are, there's a lot of sturdy little ponies out there. And then there's there's quarter horses, which are horses, but they're not as tall, you know, not as many, we call them hands, which is hands is four inches uh, across your palm from your, if you hold your hand sideways, like my horse, Peaches, is 17 hands. So you take your hand and you go up from their foot all the way up to their withers and count how many hands um, but quarter horses are normally around anywhere from 14 to 15 hands, and they're not that <laughs> tall. Can you can you use the tape measure? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so, um, so we were talking about uh, leasing a horse. What about um, owning a horse? It's a big commitment. I will tell you, it's a lot of work. Uh, and probably a lot of expense. It's you have, a big you have expense. to you have to have a place that uh, allow, would allow a horse, yep. both with your neighbors and with uh, the amount of property you have, definitely, all that kind of stuff. Definitely, it's a labor of love, and it's you know I've I've uh, my boyfriend and I uh, got our property about nine years ago, and um, we've learned a lot, and it is a big expense, but we we're committed to it and we love it, and um, at least I do. I can't speak for him, but. I, um, it, it, you know, to feed a horse, you're looking at about $200 a month at least with supplements and hay and feed, um, boarding a horse someplace. And they probably have to go to the doctor just like people, right? They don't really go as much to the doctor <laughs> as, as the vets will come to you. Fortunately, there are specialized. Well, that's what I mean. But, they, but that's yeah. additional expense. Yeah, additional expense. Twice a year, you get, normally get shots and, um, 
And then if there's an injury, you know, of course, they need to come out for that. So it can be a big expense. And then there's even more expenses, like if your horse needs chiropractor or some, t- some type of therapy. Um, yes, it's, it's a big expense, but um, I don't have children, so these horses and our other animals are our children. We love them, and um, I highly recommend it. I mean, I just, you know, this morning before I came in, I got on my horse and rode a little around the property bareback and just to get ready to come in and just to remind myself that the whole reason um, I have horses is just because it just fills my heart with a lot of love. Well, Krista and Ryan are writing in. They're very excited about this show and having this kind of content on our community conscious radio station. And she says she got to ride bareback on uh, Anna Maria Island and a dolphin kept buzzing the horse and uh, the horse handler cowboy and said it was a pretty weird and scary time when the dorsal fin approached. They said manatees showed up the week before and then they showed up and they wow, were riding. Wow, wonderful experience. Says, uh, my husband and I have kept the horse love alive with our children, too. We go to the Brooksville a few times a year and get to ride at our friend's farm. She says she grew up in Missouri, and we had horses, and neighbors had horses. She says, I'm comfortable, but no expert. So, like I said, a lot of people out there uh, have exposure to horses. They'd like to have more, and uh, maybe this show is helping them think about it some more. Yeah, I hope so. So, hello. Um, any uh, f- final words you want to talk about uh, before we say uh, goodbye to this show about horses? I think it's had a lot of information that people hopefully will will get value and perhaps uh, pursue uh, a relationship with horses that they've been wanting to have. Yeah, I, I would just say if you're interested, please... Look into getting out and getting involved with some of these organizations. There's so many more organizations that need help. So many horses that have been um, abused and neglected that need good homes. And, um, you know, if you have further questions, please write into the station and they can pass them on to me and I can try to answer those down the road. And uh, our, our friend uh, who's going to be coming on to do a show at WMNF in uh, about 10 minutes, Scott Elliott, <laughs> says that he rode a swimming horse in Bermuda as a youngster. And he says the horse took him out pretty deep, scary, but so exciting. Very cool. So horses can be scary, but they can also be fulfilling and exciting. Yes. So you, you're pretty pretty high up, but um, so people with fear of heights might have a problem. But um, It's more dangerous to get in your car than it is to get on a horse, though. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for... Uh, Coming in when doing this uh, special show on Talking Animals. I'll be back um, next week. And I believe we're doing a show about uh, pit bulls and the misunderstood breed. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Randy. Thanks, Ello. And uh, stay tuned for uh, afternoon music. And today it's Scott Elliott.
This is WMNF Tampa, 